0: hello boys and girls this is christian coming at you from true north float i actually just finished up a epic fire and ice session uh, about 20 minutes straight in the 50 degree cold plunge that's what we have it at right now and uh 30 minutes straight in the sauna uh started at around 170 ended around 180 185 ooh it's cooking but it was uh it was really good and i feel like super energized feel amazing right now so anyways uh there's a couple quick announcements before i jump into this episode of the podcast um one is i want to shout out uh zion cbd they're not like a sponsor or anything but uh they make amazing products and we actually uh have them for sale here at the at the float center now A couple different topical CBD products, uh, one for muscle recovery, uh, one for like just uh, lotion, and then there's another one that's like a a health kind of salve, healing cream type thing. All incredible ingredients, uh, a lot of them locally sourced, and uh, you can check out their website, which has like all the details of what they put in it and all the ingredients and why they're there, Uh, but it's ZionCBD.com and the the owner is a really sweet dude uh, Andy he's he's one of our members here and he just like one day just brings in all this CBD cream these products and he's like here have some CBD sh- shit for free uh and see if you like it and if you do then y- you know we can we can sell more out of your shop and i thought that was pretty badass and it's really really good product too like i've i've used it myself given it to my mom like it's great stuff so Zion CBD just giving him a shout out sending him some love Um, and then, uh, one more announcement real quick about our art from the void project. So we decided to, uh, so good news, uh, if you haven't heard, Utah is lifting the mask mandate on April 10th. So, uh, no more, you know, governor's orders to have masks, which means we're going to be getting rid of our silly sign, and you won't be required to wear masks at True North Float uh, on April 10th. Um, we're going to be uh, still, obviously, our schedule staggered, so we don't have large groups here, really, and, and we have all of the protective measures still, and we're going to keep our sanitation measures the same, but um, you don't have to wear masks if you don't want to. Uh, and because of that, we're going to move our party to April 10th. So if you haven't heard, we're doing our our launch party, parentheses, finally, <laughs> like finally going to be, be able to throw a launch party. We had to cancel ours because of COVID uh, when we were opening. And honestly, it's probably for the best. Like we were frazzled, we were rushed, we were scrambling to get shit open and the launch party was like we were really stressed trying to get everything ready for it. And it was kind of the wrong energy going into it in my opinion anyways. And then, I mean, I was in a, re- I was in the wrong headspace for it for sure. I was fucking stressed uh, just like trying to get things happening trying to get things open. And then uh, in addition to that, you know, it was like floating was really new a lot of people hadn't tried it yet. And most people hadn't tried it yet. And so now, you know, we got four months plus almost five months. it will be five months by the time we have our party under our belt, you know, a ton of members, which is really exciting. We've got a bunch of members uh, already, and so a lot of people who are really stoked on floating. And it's it's going to be exciting to be able to throw a badass party and celebrate with people who are now stoked on on what floating is and what True North is, and really uh, have that kind of be an exciting time as opposed to like you know it would have been exciting before, but it would have I think it, less people really knew what floating it was and like what we really were bringing to St. George. So it's going to be a really cool event and I'm excited. And and another reason I'm super excited for it is because it's all about art as well. We're bringing, uh, artists in this month. So if you haven't heard, I'll just not to beat a dead horse here, but artists get three free floats. If you just come in and you want to, you want to be inspired by the float tank, we'll give you three, hours in the flow tank for free. uh, All you got to do is create a piece of art and (laughs) which is should be fun, right? So it can be in any medium you want uh, any size or whatever. There's no, there's no real restrictions. Uh, Just has to be able to display it at our, at our launch party, which is going to be at art provides, which is on main street. It's an art gallery, beautiful space, amazing. It's, it's really going to be an epic party. It's going to be a perfect space for it. And we'll have all the art hanging up in the gallery. Uh, Elizabeth Gunter, the, the owner of Art Provides, she's incredible. She's in. She's participating in this as well uh, as one of the artists. And so right now we have about, I want to say 15 artists who have already started floating and have, have signed up. Um, we have space for about that many more. I think we're going to cap it around 30, just because of the limitations, the size of our, our art gallery and how many pieces we could even have on display. Um, and of, like I say, we have 15, but we've got actually 15 people who have started floating, uh, and a bunch more who've said they want to. So <laughs> if you're one of those artists who's like on the fence or you've said you wanted to, we really don't have <clears throat> just endless spots. So I would jump on it. Not to mention that, um, not, not only that, but <clears throat> jeez, I got something in my throat. Not only that but we also want to uh give you plenty of time to create your piece so the sooner you come in and start floating the better um, we're gonna allow people to sign up up until the end of the month or up until we hit 30 people we're just gonna cap it whichever one comes first and then we move the party from the first of april to the 10th of april so that we can not have the mask bullshit going on and, um, that gives you a little extra time to create your piece. So any artists listening, uh, who were on the fence or interested, don't hesitate. Give us a call. We'll get you, th- we'll get you on the schedule for your, your free floats and you can experience floating and get inspired and, and let that creativity, uh, just connect to it, connect to, connect to the void and see what comes out of it. Uh, and see what you can create. I'm super stoked to meet the artists, to connect with everybody and to bring those people together uh, in community. So the event's going to be rad. Um, anyone else who's interested in coming to the party and any of our members, anyone who's, uh, just, you know, wants to celebrate true north float and be in a dope space with some artists and, and other awesome people and have some drinks and some, some live music, uh, and you know, have a good time. Um, we're going to be shooting out a RSVP link, to our email list. So make sure you're on the email list. You'll be, you're on it if you've come in and floated before. So we're going to send it out to everybody who's on that list. And, um, unless they've unsubscribed, of course. (laughs) And then also, uh, if you're on, you know, the podcast email list, it's all kind of one thing. So, um, make sure you're on the email list. You can get on it by, uh, jumping on our website, tnfloat.com. There's a place to subscribe if you're not on it right now. And that's how you can RSVP for the party. Uh, we're going to cap that at 100 people, so that's why you have to be on the RSVP list. Um, okay, cool. So that should be pretty much all of the housekeeping. And so my guest, my podcast guest uh, this time around, is TJ Eisenhart. Uh, TJ is an artist, uh, which is why he why we connected here at the Float Center. He was actually doing this art from the void project and he was floating as, as one of his, his free floats, but he's also like a pro athlete. He's a cyclist. Um, and he's a bit of a pioneer. He's done a bunch of, a bunch of, uh, kind of like he's, he's kind of blazed his own trail in a lot of ways, which is really cool, uh, with social media and, and, um, kind of, uh, doing cycling and sports on his own terms. And he's also a podcaster. He has a podcast. Uh, um, shit, I can't think of the name. Let me find it real quick. But he's a he is he's a really just solid dude and really sweet guy and and uh, nothing but stoked. Like this guy is super stoked. This podcast is called uh, The Next Stage, um, which you can find probably on Anchor uh, or just his Instagram, check his Instagram out. If you want to connect with TJ, it's at TJ Eisenhart, which is E I S E N H A R T. Uh, but yeah, this, this was a a dope conversation. Um, I, I rolled up, uh, to do the podcast and, and I offered him a CBD water and he's like, Oh yeah. And I have a, I have a joint in the car too. If you want to hit that. And I was like, no, I'm good. I, I'm going to, you know, I'm taking March off, not smoking any weed. So thanks though. I just, you know, and he asked me why I was like, we had, we had a conversation and I was telling him, you know, when I was in Colombia, I want to kind of take a bit more intention towards just all substances. So I wanted to, you know, use caffeine and coffee more intentionally and not drink it every day. And same thing with weed. I just felt like it ha- I was starting to see like patterns where you know, just out of boredom or out of like, you know, the wrong sort of mindset, I would, I would go and pick up a, pick up a joint or something. And, um, I just wanted to use it more intentionally. We had this really cool little conversation about, about cannabis and his sort of journey with it and whatnot and how it's impacted his life. And it made me realize like uh, the, one of the, one of the tools, one of the reasons I love cannabis and one of the ways I like to use it is to create real deep, meaningful conversations. It's to cut through kind of the, bu- the small talk and the bullshit and to have a real connection with someone. And it takes the conversation to a different level. And, uh, I've had a couple podcasts like that. Um, but this was just, I saw it as a really great opportunity. And I realized like, this is actually how I want to use cannabis in a lot of ways. Uh, and this is my intention with, with it. So, uh, I was like, you know what, dude, fuck it. Like, let's <laughs> go get that joint. Like, let's hit that joint. And have a have a conversation. So that's what we did. And it turned out to be a, a dope conversation, albeit a little uh <laughs> a little one sided. He's uh he's a really passionate guy and he's um he could you know he can just he can just roll on and roll with it and uh and as I went back and listened to the podcast I realized like uh we didn't really there's one thing that will change for episode two if we do an episode two it's it's it will try to make it a little bit more balanced and a little bit more back and forth because there was some cool ideas that that um we didn't really explore fully and we kind of just the flow was kind of just a little scattered probably in part due to the cannabis but anyways it was great great conversation and i was super stoked to to have tj on here uh we we go into a bunch of stuff from you know, talking about cannabis and, and floating for art and Wim Hof method, um, you know, everything from like dark side of like professional uh, cycling and sports and um, his process for creating art and his artistic kind of process and using things like social media as, as a positive tool versus, you know, letting sliding into an addiction with it, um, bunch of cool shit. And uh, yeah, this this is something i'm i'm happy to share with everybody and i i'd be really stoked to get tj back on the podcast in the future so without further ado i will shut the fuck up and enjoy this podcast with tj eisenhart what we've got here
1: is failure to communicate
0: what do you mean by the word i
1: crazy as an artist you truly have to trust everything about yourself which was something I never did and I think again I owe it all to this mm-hmm. I never trusted myself I always trusted others Jeez, we should we, we should be doing the podcast it's
0: or, running now oh uh, so how I usually do it is I just like roll it and start whenever and if we like yeah this? light it up the only, the only thing I, I will say before we start is always. is you they're mono directional The mics. So if you turn, if you turn away, like it will sound real bad. It's gonna be quiet. So like just this close is perfect, and you can move this thing around as to wherever you want it. Move the. uh... Beautiful. Thanks for having me, man. Dude, I'm glad you brought this. Like. Thanks for joining me. This means a lot when I share it with someone. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, honestly, because of our conversation out there, that's why I wanted to do this. Even though I wasn't going to smoke this month, this is I appreciate it. Man, going to make this really cool experience.
1: I know what that means, where uh, you just kind of want to break, and it's funny. I could see just. I don't know. It's just that little reserve in you, and you. This I feel like, just that opportunity to do it, and. Like you said, it's a tool, and right now we're using it as a tool. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not trying to escape from something right now. You're trying to be more in it right? more involved and more there. And so it's just super cool to be yeah. here. And- I
0: feel like it kind of makes you single-minded in, in, a, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like it makes you just focus on one thing whether it's your, just your breathing, like you can be more focused on your breathing than you've ever been. You know what I mean? Like if you were to be doing yoga or something, cannabis just makes you like, it will, you are your breath. You know what I mean? It
1: will make you find what you need to find. That's for sure. There's been so many different times when, you know, you might, and this is actually really good advice for anyone who has thought about cannabis or anyone, because my mom talked to me the other day about it because it's now medically legal here in Utah. So there's dispensaries open for people to go and get, you know, go and learn and see about it. And it's just great where people need to understand it's not one plant. There's It's not one plant. It's There's so many strains
0: out there that can heal so many different things mm-hmm. about a person. Different applications with yeah, it and, not and different e- cannabinoids and different even products. Like now there's so many topicals and... And different Drops applications. Creams. creams. Yeah. I use creams all the time Same. for racing. We actually have some really dope CBD cream that we CBD can sell creams. here. CBD
1: creams. Yeah, I mean, CBD has been beautiful with opening up the market and opening up people who definitely were afraid of the whole plant in general. And mm-hmm. that's been great to, you know, have to really slowly introduce people because it's a was definitely a hard plant to get out there, especially with, you know the war on drugs <laughs> that completely <laughs> the,
0: the failure the failure on drugs like so especially the when ever.
1: in the 1920s 1930s you know i mean obviously don't quote me on everything but what they were calling like you know before like uh hemp was our greatest crop here in america we were growing that in mad abundance and then once people started seeing that oh this plant can be used in you know, hemp can be used to create paper. It's yeah. the greatest building installation. It There's literally so many. So that's many- actually
0: why it was, uh, why, why it became criminalized in the first place was because of paper. So mm-hmm. the dude, uh, fuck, can't remember his name, but he basically is this, mo- if he was in modern times, billionaire, right? He's just basically a billionaire of his times in the 20s or 30s or something. And now here comes, here comes. Uh, this new innovation a machine that now allows you to harvest hemp in a way more uh, economical and efficient manner so now all of a sudden the hemp can can actually be a viable source of paper and now it, we have the combinator that can harvest the hemp and now it we can, can be actually recycled use it for
1: paper. constantly it can grow in any environment basically yeah. it's it grows in bad soil good soil
0: and well, it's crazy that well this I dude mean, this dude owns a media company right and and so he's selling newspapers to people and he has a monopoly on he has this huge monopoly on like lumber and like uh, on supplying his paper products for his newspaper so capitalism forces him to make a decision like do i let my monopoly be broken up and all of a sudden people start using hemp paper and it's and it, i i lose that income right i stop i stop having control over the whole system Big money. or you know, and, and it's better for the whole because now we're actually have a better source for paper. Right. And we're not chopping down trees for it and shit. But but he completely just does the opposite. And he uses his media company to slander cannabis and make it seem like these dirty immigrant Mexicans are getting high on cannabis mm-hmm. and raping Reef your women. madness. Yeah. And it's, madness. it's complete propaganda. It's just total propaganda that he uses and he gets this. Uh, he avoids the bullet, essentially. I think we're all
1: getting old of it, too like propaganda in general, because I think we're finally all catching up to it. Like, I think that's like it, right? (laughs) I think so. I mean, I hope so. I think, I hope last year was us kind of waking up and, uh, seeing that (laughs) we're just mindless zombies on our phones, listening to what everyone is telling us. And it's pretty amazing. One of the best investments I did actually was last year, Uh, when they were like, all right, we're going to go into quarantine, I ordered a rooftop tent for my car.
0: Oh, yeah, dude.
1: Smart fucking move. I saw that on your car. That's that's a dope setup. Greatest move I did. It was $1,000 at Costco, and it just, I mean, everyone was nervous. Everyone was panicking. And at that time, I knew that's when we needed to get, like, out. And when I say get out, not, like, leave Utah, but actually, like, leave the internet and have time to leave and i love going camping i love going up in nature and not having service and not it's crazy once you get up there you just realize everything we do is created by us every issue is created by us every problem we think we have every it's all done by us and you know one time it even hit me and this was in june and I was out camping and I was just like, you're just so sick about all the racism in America and you're just like, you felt like negative and you're just like, oh man, this is such a bummer. And then you go camping and I'm just like looking around and I'm like, man, nature's not racist. We are. (laughs) Like if we were to disappear, we are like the ants or we are the thing to this planet that create issues for it nature does not discriminate against anything. You know, it just goes with its flow and it's crazy
0: how we just, I just, as an artist. Yeah. But part of it's real quick. Part of its flow is inherently, uh, competitive. Right. Like, look, at yeah, how species, that's species tr- look at how species go to war with each other. I and do look at agree how there. tribes go to war with each other. And yeah. so it's like we're we have this we're identifying on the level of the tribe in our evolutionary in an evolutionary sense. That's what we are like. We just barely mm-hmm. evolved in tribes. Like, in other words, sorry, what I meant to say, we just barely stopped living in tribes. We've always been in tribes. Always. Human beings are a tribal fucking species. That's what we are. We're like a, a colony of ants is like a tribe of humans. That's yeah. how we've always existed. Yeah. And now we're no longer in that structure anymore. We're in a big, weird, chaotic kind of we're in between in a... place where we don't really know what the fuck we are. And we're, fr- we're figuring that, that out. Is that because
1: social media, you think? Well, because we're all social connected? media
0: and uh, I would say social media primarily. Yeah, it's probably one of the biggest reasons why we're getting like a global consciousness I think that's, but that's not the only reason. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, we went to fucking space yeah, and like we saw the earth and we were like, whoa, it's all one thing. Holy fuck. (laughs) And it's little, (laughs) like there's nothing, like we're tiny, you know? And it's just
1: crazy how people will, I don't know, just, yeah, I, 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 people will hate on social media and you know, like I try to not be on there a lot but I also realized like, again, like we say, you know, everything's a tool and if you use yeah. it properly and I remember my dad when I was racing at a super young age, he was like, he saw social media as a, a positive and he was like, all right, you just use it as a positive. Like you just post positivity. You like, you just like grow. And I, you know, I learned that from growing up more men with my parents and my family and, uh, learning, you know, just like spread love, that message. And, that was I think the biggest thing I always took away from I guess going to church was just spread love and yeah. I, you know I, as I
0: got racing, and yeah, it just that's and, just, and then think positive, right? yeah, that's like, just, spread love, but also think positive. like just guide your guide the ship, you're fucking sailing, you know what I mean? Like starting with thinking positive. that's like the first that's like the first step to going in the direction you want to go, right? You have to create it from somewhere. and that's what that's, that's what I love about the the float tank, which were which uh, you we both just floated before this, but... Oh, it was so good. If you guys <laughs>
1: haven't come and done it, it's it's excellent. Right now, uh, Christian invited me to come do it because it's the art artists uh, get three free uh, sessions if we then bring in a piece that represents our session. And I was just... I honestly didn't even think that was... Re- I thought you were <laughs> messing with <laughs> us. For reals, I was like... no way you know this guy's giving out free classes free sessions to artists you know that's like first off artists you know usually are struggling so that's like crazy awesome so they're really awesome at supporting the community and the community of artists and then also you're just thinking like well this is way too easy because when you're in there you just it just comes out too so to paint about it or to
0: create about it it's super simple is, at least in my opinion, but... Well, there's there's a lot of people that can benefit from three free floats and it's, and it's artists from a creative level, 100%, but artists from a regular level too. <laughs> Art, artists from just like the level of like, we're all going through this transition process right now. Like the whole fucking world is experiencing a lot of turbulence, it seems like, you know what I mean? And we're like trying to figure out like what we are globally and it's leading to like uh, genocide, it's leading to like loss of biodiversity on a massive scale. That's like, uh, never, it's, it's not really undoable. You can't just go back and uh, like take back old growth rainforest that you cut down. Like you can't, you can't bring back like something that took like hundreds of millions of years to be, to evolve those niches and those little small tight ecosystems in the Amazon and they're just deforesting it. (laughs) Yeah. The lungs of our planet. I mean, again, I think
1: luckily now with social media and with people, I think being more awake, hopefully we're actually being aware that that's happening because like prior, you know, you're, you kind of were just told what you were told through either the news or through, I don't know, newspaper. And I don't know, as you see money controls everything. And money will always control everything in this world until we stop allowing it to. And honestly, that just starts with us as an individual. You know, like, we can go out and... But, you know, with all this shakiness in the world that people feel, it's really not shaky or scary if you have your your solid base. Like, last year was one of the greatest... Like, not to, like you know, make anybody feel bad or like last, you know, I understand that there was negativity in the world, but last year was one of the greatest years of my life. Like last year, all of a sudden when this major, major pandemic, something you only think about in a movie hit, you're there sitting and you're just like, all right, I have, what options do I have? And you think, okay, I can either just sit there and pout and cry and you know and it took me about like kind of two weeks to realize like all right time to like stop feeling sorry that all this is happening like it like the world's going to continue after this if it doesn't it doesn't you're not there to go with it then as well so who cares but guess what it's going to continue after this so what are you going to be like or who are you going to be after this and then all of a sudden you realize you're at home, you have all this time. Like most people just sat at home and it was driving me crazy. They would just post daily of like day 76 on the front porch, day 115 on the front porch vibes, vi- you know, the Monday vibes are the same as the weekend and it's like, man, you can create your own like I know there was heartbreak out there. I know people had it things, but you can still always take your situation and somehow turn it around. And that's just like not saying, like, I haven't had it super easy. People I know haven't had it super easy. But, like, if you just take control of it and realize, and that, but for me, that only came through meditation. And, like, me and you have a super uh, close friend with Ryan, and he's seriously such an amazing teacher for me. Uh, I remember meeting him for the first time last April, and he expo- exposed us to like Wim Hof. Uh, breath work and there when I showed up for the first time I was so I was still stuck in my egotistic ways of racing and I showed up and there's all these old people and I'm just thinking like man I can outlast these people like (laughs) I can outdo this person next thing I know you know I'm the first one out of the water you know and I look around and I was like wow I allowed my mind to get in the way of like just skill and technique like what your body can everyone's body can do so if you drop your mental state and allow it to do it it's crazy what can you know you can unlock and that was the biggest thing i just applied that meditation then after that daily and it's been crazy what it's just unlocked for me and i told i think without it i totally would have been a bum i would have been in a you know a lot more negative space because that's how it that's how i am when i don't meditate a lot you know if i miss a day or I can feel that a negativity, you know, kind of creep in a little easier and you don't have as much control. But once you start meditating, you realize you got control of everything, everything you do, you can control, you know? And so, yeah, it's been,
0: it's been amazing. (laughs) Yeah. That's what's, that's what's dope about, um, well about a float in some way, right? Like you're basically scheduling your meditation, (laughs) So it's like that's, yeah that's what you're that's what you're that's what you're doing you're kind of resetting whatever is like in the cache that needs to be cleared or and it's the same thing
1: every time like when you first get in the float or you first start meditating your mind is just scattering you know it's jumping and it's your frequency is out of whack and then you get in and like I feel like after like 30 40 minutes then I'm like in the float I've finally calmed down my mind and body where I can uh totally you know, chill and then go into a space it happens a lot faster when i do you know the breath work with it and that's what i did this time and it was super good
0: yeah so uh, um next time you come in you should try the uh sun and the cold plunge before your float
1: yeah i definitely want to ch- i mean i love it I'll like, de-
0: you were talking is that what you're talking about when you says get out of the water first you're talking about cold plunge
1: uh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 I, the, the cold water. Uh, so yeah, I was doing that and with I love, and
0: so it's like, uh, it's kind of, he's like a Wim Hof instructor, right?
1: Yeah. Ryan, he does Wim Hof. He does yoga and he, the thing is he's actually trained with, you know, a lot of them, you know, he was, he's certified by Wim Hof and, uh, you know, he lived in India for a band of yoga there. And, uh, so it's super cool hanging with, and when you hang with him, it's, it's this cool vibe where you, you don't feel like, oh man, ever, like it's like money based, you know, it's like, he's purely, I feel like they're always just to teach and just, you know, it's like, yeah, he needs money to like make, you know, life go by, but it's cool where his intention, I feel like is so teacher based. And I feel like that's even helped me to where it's like, you know, through last year and meditating and realizing, cause I remember when I was I'd premeditate once I got more comfortable with my meditation and I'd start premeditating and I'd see like, all right, I want to sign with Santa Cruz or I want to sell a painting this week or I want to do this. And it was like, sounds super corny or magical, but it happens and it would happen. And then you start realizing like, wow, this is, this works. Like my mind is in control of my universe. Like, uh, this premeditation thing is not just hocus pocus like it really works and it might not come in ways or forms that you might have thought or seen but it comes and it comes how you ask especially when you're very uh you know i don't know uh paint you paint your pictures super well you know about what you want and it, you know then you start talking to him and you then start medit like you're like all right yo, dude, this stuff has been happening, you know, like it's been coming true. And then, you know, you start actually realizing like, as he tells me, you know, well, what if you sign with that company or what if you sign with that sponsor, that dream sponsor you have, and all of a sudden you sign with this dream sponsor, you thought you wanted to be there, but you don't, you know, you're not actually happy. So what you should be premeditating is I want to feel happiness. I want to feel happiness with this job or I want to feel you know, this happening with this rather than I want this, be more specific with it and be, you know, how is it going to actually change and impact your life? And then you start realizing like money just comes when it comes and you just, I'd rather premeditate on things that make me happy or things that I need to solve with my life, you know, and realize like, oh man, I should love my wife more. I need to pay more attention here. I need to do that. And it's like, oh, I spent that Whole session meditating on, you know, peace, love, and positivity, basically, over, you know, money or wealth, because you realize it's pretty pointless. It's yeah. super pointless. And that's
0: something that that cannabis makes you see in a pretty glaring, glaring way, right?
1: Super, because it just makes you open up to this whole new, I don't know, the way of thinking and realizing, and your perspective really changes with the world where you see like, oh, I'd rather just be happy, you know, I, it slows you down. And it definitely, you know, I don't like to say, like, kill the ego, because you can't, you you still need the ego, like, it's part of you. So why would you want to kill something that's part of you, you know, you should learn to work with it. And most of the time, we don't teach ourselves how to work with ourselves. And so it's just about figuring out a way how to work with ourselves. And I feel like, you know, definitely cannabis helps you get comfortable enough with yourself to you know, then realize, oh, my ego is not, you know, a terrorist to me or a threat to me. It is actually another part of me that I can then learn to tame, you know, can, can grow, like not tame or control, but to work with. And that's how I view my whole body, my mind, mental, spirit. And like today it was wake up, exercise, ride my bike, you know, be with my daughter Uh, walk my dog, you know, be in nature, come here, you know, be in a flow, meditate, work on art, Mm -hmm. you know, really figuring out this great balance that I feel like my whole body needs. Rather, when I was just racing professionally, I was just filling up only one side of my cup. And that side of the cup was just getting overflowed and overflowed and overflowed. And that's just like, then turns into a negative situation and it took me years to realize that oh just cuz like this is someone else's or this is just the dream that i maybe grew up with it's not the dream i have now or it's not who i am now and it's also you as you grow you know you're not a child anymore and you realize you have other interests in your life and you have other responsibilities and you know once you become a dad or a husband you realize oh, I don't want to be on the road anymore. Oh, I don't want to travel as much. I don't, you know, how can I organize my life better to, you know, fit these things that I love to do? And I definitely feel that when I don't, you know, just overboard myself with one, you know, one task, whether that be if I'm riding too much or painting too much, then it can always become a negative thing. Like, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's just because, with my personality, I feel like I have an addictive personality, where, you know, I, I'm super. No, I know that. That's why, you know, I, I don't know. I just am careful with now how I control that. You know, and as a kid, I didn't know I had that really because I would just apply it to sport. And when you, but then you realize that holy cow, me applying it this crazy, you know, this this passionately to sport is could actually take like it actually took me to the (laughs) darkest places i've ever been in my life like there were tons of times you want to take your life easy like easy like sports huh are you saying over sports yeah over training racing like you just as a professional athlete and as you grow up and i mean i had known nothing since i was 12 you know to that to then And all you do is train, eat, sleep, train, eat, sleep, train. And then you start, because I wasn't comfortable with myself and I didn't, I didn't, uh, I wasn't confident. I didn't have confidence in myself. So I was always looking to approval for others.
0: To others for approval. Always, (laughs) always.
1: And not just others, but also in results. Yeah. So if I didn't get, if I didn't win this race or I didn't, Achieve that I always felt like I was letting all these people down which like I felt I would feel like well, I would be racing in Europe and I'd not have the result I had and I call my dad or my brother and I just feel like you just totally were stabbing a dagger in them like for disappoint. like you just feel like you were disappointing them and they were never ever push 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 me hard like
0: that to make me you know it was just me in my mind thinking that. So so you, you're talking about how uh, sports played an impact in that, but do you feel like Mormonism did as well? No. Nah, uh, so in Mormonism, it's the same as sport.
1: You just add uh, the same thing. You get in a routine and you just go down that path and you kind of follow what you're told. And growing up Mormon... Like, it's
0: almost like a narrative of, like, this is how to be a good person or something.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's the same thing as an athlete. This And that's mm-hmm. – you have coaches. This is the path to be a great athlete. And so it's the same thing. And, I mean, it's, every teacher is just trying to teach their person the best they can. And, you know, like I'm super grateful for, you know, growing up Mormon and my family. And my parents are still Mormon and my sister, uh, my brother uh, – but for me, and my wife, you know, I was just super honest with my parents. Like, this isn't the path that me and my wife, you know, want to follow. And it was, it to me, like, if that brings you happiness, and that's to any religion. I'm I'm all for if someone's religious and or for that religion or this religion. Because, in honesty, I just want you to feel happiness. And, like, if that brings you happiness, then sweet. Like, I could really care less how it's brought to you everyone's every human is different every human's mind is so so crazy different and so unique and it's actually funny i've only really thought this way in this perspective this last like two years where being forced to kind of work so hard in my studio from covid and everything it really pushes you to see that like oh really creativity and creating and me doing this is really that matters like me yeah, dealing. doing
0: that you found the space to, to do that. Like, yeah. To do art. It
1: it's that's, so as soon as my art, uh, this was out three years ago and you're talking about my, I have this really awesome studio space that I built and a lot of artists struggle to like kind of invest in themselves. But as soon as I sold kind of this, this piece to these people in San Diego, uh, in San Francisco, this giant, like 50 by 90 inch, uh, astronaut. And that one sold for 7,000. And I was like, as soon as they agreed to that, I was like, wow, there's, I just did something that I've never, like, I never (laughs) thought was possible as an artist. And you're like, this is real. I can can do something with, like, if this is, if I can do this, I can do this, you know? And then you're like, all right, at that time, I was just painting in my house, painting in my garage, getting a mess everywhere. And it just, you know, it was not great, not ideal for creativity. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to build a studio. I'm going to hire someone to build a studio out here. And uh, it was the best, you know, it was like $5,000, $6,000. But it was the best investment I ever made for myself because now I purely have a space where I can go out and just have everything I need, every tool I need, every canvas, every paint, every marker, anything, you know, every new pastel it's out there for my disposal and it's also turned into this really sacred space kind of for me and my wife Where you know you can go out there and just chill she'll do a lot of yoga out there uh have the cool lights so i make it really you know that way i can because when you're painting as an artist you have to be able to go somewhere you don't always go most people don't know how to get to and that all the that honestly lights vibe i mean you know here at true north
0: like that matters atmosphere yeah matters yeah yeah it's funny because we had to like we actually leave all of our lights off basically because they're too fucking bright (laughs) yeah i'm a light freak i hate i hate bright lights i can't my wife
1: will turn on the overhead lights and i can't stand i'm always getting you know nice lamps or salt lamps or anything like that to just make the mood. Uh,
0: I always put up the rope lights. I love that. I love atmosphere. So when you're going into like, uh, into the void for inspiration or however you want to call it, like when you're, when you're going to your studio, I guess, like deciding to create something, um, is there like, is going into the float tank contributing to that transition or that, is it taking you to that space? Do you see what I mean? Cause that's the idea. Like the idea would be to give somebody a, a, a chamber, a solace to go into whatever space they want. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's just all about turning off the noise. I mean, mm-hmm. just imagine being in a crowded space, whether it be like a mall or I don't know, like really busy downtown area or anything being surrounded by people all just yelling things or thoughts at you. So then it's just learning that, oh, these are just thoughts. These are people, like, this is in your mind. This is in the floating. tank. That's the noise in your head, or this is how you turn it. And for me, it's just realizing, oh, I just need to walk away. So then once you can walk away from that noise, then you're really allowing your mind to turn off and be, you know, because it's crazy how much uh, of our daily thought or is others thoughts, or, you know, others ideas or, and we don't ever turn it off to just have our own thoughts or ideas. And most of the time, because it's a lot of people don't like to go there, because it's kind of scary. It can be scary, because you might be going through something. And like, most people don't want to be open and honest to that, I guess, part of themselves, because it's, uh it can unlock things that they might not want to see. Or that they covered up, but that's really the root of creativity is is just being so honest with yourself that you're not afraid to go there because you realize it's it's just like you know it's just fear or it's just space that you're it doesn't even exist so you should just put it out there you know and whether it's like I've always felt like Kanye said it best where it's like I can people need to say that they they had thoughts of killing themselves. People need to say that they are depressed. People need to say that this or this, or like when someone's asked their day, rather than saying, oh, my day is great or it was good, and just lying, like actually be open. Because then we get so used to just covering up, covering up layers and layers and layers and layers. And as an artist, I re- I realized that deconstruction is the heart and root of imaginary imagination and creation. So... If we've built up all these layers and layers and layers of our life as an artist, in order to be a true artist, you have to then tear those layers down and basically go back to being, I mean, Uh, not a child, domesticated, not a child, but like childlike, you know, and have those, Mm -hmm. that, that independence and freedom. I mean, I say not like a child because I don't say childish. Yeah.
0: Because it's basically what you're talking about is you're talking about like the wildness of the child that's. Previous to the domestication. So it's like we get domesticated along the way at some point And you're just reconnecting to what it was to be like not domesticated really totally and then once you aren't Domesticated you realize why was I domesticated?
1: Why did I actually build up my own prison? why did I b- mm. build up these own fears in my own mind because it's crazy. Most of the time, all this anxiety or in stress that we always have. And I say all we, because I say, I like it's me. Yeah, uh, yeah. but I'm just talking, I feel like as a mess, like we, we all make it up in our head. My biggest stress anxieties were about f- the like future races, thinking what might happen mm. when, instead of just doing the task training, getting that done, showing up to the event and just performing what you have done and just being okay. It was like your mind always sets you up for these other thoughts and ideas that then get in the way. And it's like, don't let your mind control, control that, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, there's, I think there's also some utility to it though. Like if you think about some of the things anxi- that you could say that, that anxiety or fear does have some utility. So like, in other words, if, if, Totally, I it's see super a fu- useful. If I see a tiger, I better get fucking scared. Yeah, it's because super that means useful. I'm gonna get out of the, I'm gonna get out of that situation as fast as possible. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, real fear is amazing, and and well, I mean not amazing, but like every, it's got, every emotion. It's got utility. And every right emotion's
0: now, amazing. Right now, everyone has a bunch of fear. Yeah, for sure. But there's there's but a lot got to be there's got to be a utility to it if you just go and acknowledge what the fear is, right? So it's like, okay, so what's what's the what's the fear about? What do we have fear of the most?
1: That's that's what I was saying last year, all all along, you know. And the issue is, we turn on the news or we listen to everything and we see all that's happening around the world, and we're like, oh my gosh, this is happening in Tokyo or this is happening in China or this is happening in Belize or uh, California, and you're like, okay, that's happening there. Be aware of that have sympathy for that. But majority of us absorb that negativity and absorb their fear and stress and then apply it to their themselves rather than focusing on their community and realizing, okay, like last year, we live out here in the desert. You know, all the fear of, you don't have to think of it. It's not, it wasn't as scary as if living in New York or California or you know what I mean and so you shouldn't have to feel that much anxiety and stress. You shouldn't yeah. put that on yourself of like, oh man, did you see what they're doing in California? Oh my gosh, that's making me go crazy. Well why is that making you go crazy? You don't even live there. Oh man, did you see what this is happening here? Well, why are you worried about that? That's not even a part of your life. Like I said, have sympathy and empathy for what's going on, but realize you live in your community. So if you don't want racism to be in your community, then guess what? You don't be racist, you know? Then spread that. Yeah, yeah. But don't like, it's just, it's crazy to me. We just overthink things and we overthink, like I said, it's like we have to have compassion for what's happening around the world. Like, oh, they're cutting these trees down, you know, in Col- Colombia or whatever. And you Is have to understand. Or Brazil, panic, yeah. yeah. But it's realizing, okay, like, what can I do about it? And then realizing, okay, I, I can either commit fully and move or do this and protest 100%, or I can be aware of it, have sympathy for it, and make my decisions better and maybe not, you know, use this company's product or this company. And, but we honestly live such a short life that you could die at any moment that you shouldn't wrap yourself up with problems that are not. Yours uh, around the world. I mean, that sounds I feel like I
0: kind of I kind of I see where you're coming from, but I disagree with it. So I'm gonna tell you why. Yeah, so I disagree with it because I think that shifting our mindset to to having consciousness of future generations then shifts our priorities dramatically. Because then we have to start planning for the future. And on the trajectory that we're on, the future is worse and worse and worse and worse. And then it's really fucking shitty.
1: Oh, totally. Planning for the f- that's what I mean. Knowing what's in what's in your community, planning yeah. ahead. S- yeah. Fixing your problem. But if there's some like And you I love know that.
0: I, I love that on like the local level, like it's like, not gonna like meeting the people in your community that that can collaborate and work together because everybody wants that too that's that's just what tribe is as well it's just like hey how can i build you up how can you build me up and everyone's better
1: well and i feel like we've just gotten so used of patching band-aids on things with everything that even that so we what i mean is like we'll allow things to get just like boil up and then just throw a patch rather than like no let's look at you know okay this starts with community it mm-hmm. starts with these It starts with everyone's little community around the world that make will make us a better, you know, planet and world. And if you can just spread love, and that's that's why I just think so crazy is like, literally, it's just so simple, but it's so complex. It, I mean, if you could just spread love, and I, I remember seeing my daughter one day, it was crazy. She was at the playground, and she just was, I think, at that age, like six, seven months, eight, no, nine nine months. And there was like another baby kind of her age. And they just like walked up and completely hugged each other, you know, and just like total strangers, but just loving that she's around another baby. And imagine if every human felt that compassion towards every stranger, like just that happy to see another human and that excited to see rather than, like I said, we all put these walls up and we divide and we're like, oh man, this guy does this or this guy drives this car or this guy wears this, you know, it's like.
0: Imagine if we were just happy to see another human, you know, and, and you that's, can, you can love. pick it up based on how somebody's dog reacts too. like, yeah, if their dog is screaming at the next thing coming towards them versus versus like running up and trying to welcome it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like meet it or whatever dogs do. They like have this way of introducing themselves. Uh, like obviously it's weird. It's like the second a dog sees a dog, it starts pulling on the leash. It's like we, they have this fucking instinct to like, Like come together and figure shit out.
1: Yeah, just connect and talk. And I mean, again, I think just as an artist, you realize like the only the way to be more creative is to
0: connect. But then sometimes when they come together to figure it out, it's extremely violent. (laughs) Yeah, but that's again what I mean. We're trying um, to avoid the violence part of that equation. Like when humans come together, uh, and I think that's what's happening though. There's there's like all this conflict.
1: Sadly, though, I don't think that will ever not exist. Because I think, again, we're humans, human race, where they're in the deep, in the deep, in deep down, we're all animals. So not all animals get along. You know what I mean? We're, we not, we don't always are going to get along with everyone. And I think, yeah, but the, that's, the not, issue always, is we that's want. not
0: always true, like on every level. Like a colony of bees gets along pretty good. Yeah,
1: that is, that's true. You can pull out. And a colony out, of ants could, gets along just fine. You can pull out. I'm just saying, I think knowing that everyone is different and knowing all right i might not actually you know once you meet someone and you're like you know what i don't get along with that person or i don't like that guy's point of view or that person's point of view well guess what then you don't have to hang out with them yeah go find like you said your tribe or people you like to hang out with you know what i mean but it's like and we that's not saying we don't all get along but i'm just like i at least am honest and know that not everyone's gonna get along and And I also know that like, that doesn't mean you don't love though, that person, like someone could have a different opinion as you and, or they could do something that, but that doesn't mean you still can't like show somehow, I don't know, just, you, you just know that, okay, their mind might, their mind sees the world different than mine. Yeah. Yeah. My mind sees it this way. If I think that they're going to see it that way. That's ridiculous of me because I can't see their mind. We're in total different like bandwidths of reality. I yeah I've yeah we're I almost like totally different planets. Yeah. And so, like as much as I want peace and love and people to all hug each other, I also realize that that's just in my mind. Like there's everyone's minds are different. Everyone's bodies. Everyone's and the more we can just accept that, I think that's when we'll get along. Accepting that we're all different. Once we get that, but we're right now. We're always trying to change absolutely everything. And like, yeah, we need to try to you know educate people from ignorance or from hate, you know, and teach. But then once you you know do well, so much, you can't, like I said, allow their negativity to deepen to get inside
0: of you. Yeah. Um. What's the so on the on the species wide level or the global level? What is um. The what I'm trying to say is the evolutionary advantage of what you're talking about is that human beings now have diversity, and we have a bunch of different fucking possibilities like we have, we have people adapted to all kinds of different things and different skill sets and artists and engineers yeah. and fucking whatever you could imagine. and we, there's like eight, eight billion of us coming up soon. so, so it's much like diversity. We've now. got so much resource stored up, and we've grown to this massive size as well. I mean like the, the population boom has just happened over the last few hundred years or whatever, a uh, thousand years rather. But yeah. like my point is, my point is, is it's, is, is it's short time. It's like nothing in evolutionary time. It's nothing. And so you have to think of, as like, what were we like before? I think it's sweet.
1: I mean, you, you look maybe in the 1900s, you know, like 1920s and you look at what people were like compared to what people are like now. And it was a lot like just very simple. Everyone was basically like we said, like a recipe. It was everyone. Well, then, like well,
0: Maybe in our society, in, in maybe, our tiny, little world. I'm just talking about what I
1: know from America. Or but there's
0: different recipes all around the entire the entire globe. It's still so diverse. And any oh, in any what, time, what, any what time I'm, time I'm trying to say go. is, I mean, no, I mean, no. With civilization, we've
1: gotten so like everyone's culture. Yeah, it may have been different from each person's culture, but compared to their culture now, it was super simple minded and recipe oriented. Mm. Where now, you have, I mean, it's crazy, like, 1900s, let's say 1910, if you were, you know, like, attracted to men, or you were attracted, like, you couldn't be at that time. It was, like, looked at as, like, odd. Now, nobody, like, who cares? Like, who (laughs) cares who you love? Literally, I could care less. That's true. Like, I could care less if it was a chair. Like, if you care passionately about someone and that's, I realized that from finding my wife, like, and just f- finding such love that I was just like, man, I want everyone to find this. So however that is, find it for you, you know? And it's like that, that to me it shows that, you know, yeah, we've gotten super diverse and it's beautiful that. And I think that's, we have to stop thinking of that track of like, Oh, everyone has to be like this or this and just accept that our diversity is so diverse and that, there's not going to, you know, we've, it's getting so diverse that you have to understand you're not, it's like, it's like I said, there's,
0: we're like planets. So there's going to be planets in the solar system. You don't want to go it, to another way of saying it too, is it's getting so niche. Like people are going, people are going deeper into like, mm, uh, so many totally. different echo echo chambers or like little realities of their own. You can create it. And it's honestly, that's my life
1: now. And that's, with social media and with where the day and age we live in today that is it honestly is basically like a tool to help us with our premeditation because then you can premeditate it and then guess what i can go on social media and then really put that tool to work Mm -hmm. promote about something you know i can post Mm -hmm. a picture like if if i want to sell a painting and i just say that and i don't post anything guess what you're not going to sell a painting you have to put still put in effort. You know what I mean? And like, to me, that's what's so beautiful. Like you said, it's, it has become niche where it's like, if you're in love with yarn and you love knitting, you can make that your full-time job with just YouTube videos of you knitting. You know what I mean? And like, I think that's so amazing. Like
0: it's amazing for, for the person who, who makes phone, it work and is and it's working for them. But what does the, uh, what about the problem of just life moving to YouTube?
1: man i mean i don't really know cuz i don't spend i'm
0: not on there uh what do you mean by that I'm, i mean by that like the just addiction to technology and and the oh, constant t- streaming i mean look at how many dude, streaming services there are and the and the massive amount of of just streaming library archives <laughs> like, honestly the, i don't know how much i don't know how much there is but more than you could ever quantify it's <laughs>
1: like i've kind of been saying this whole time like it's why we named my daughter her name nirvana like you can't to have heaven on earth you have to have the good and the bad you have to go through the pain and suffering and once you realize that that's with everything in life and realize that okay with social media there's addiction with social media there comes this that's the bad so then how can i just try to stay with the good and realize it is and real and being honest with things as well and seeing what things are like we've talked about what tools are and not being, and also realizing, like, you know, if I wasn't making a living off of so, like, from selling my art or from advertising my spawn, you know, some of my sponsors I work with, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't just, I would, I don't understand. Well, why. are no, living, on, the point living of on social
0: it. media in the, in the sense that if the social media went away, what would it do to how you lived your life, and would that change anything? I'm just asking. I'm wondering.
1: Oh no, not at all. Not, not at all. Because I'm already doing what I love. Like I get to paint, I get to ride, I get to be with my family, and social media. I just give them glimpses of that, you know. And it's like most people, they do take it to another level. And if I, and I also know like if I were to as well, then yeah, more money would come in, and that's what they were also chasing was more money. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that. Like, I'm totally stoked with where I'm at. Like, yeah, I mean, if I keep growing steadily, like, but honestly, the fact that I don't have to commit this amount of time to downloading a YouTube video. Like, I'm stoked I don't have a YouTube channel. I'm stoked I don't post on Twitter. Like, I'm stoked that I just do what I do, obey by my rules. And again, that's realizing everything in this world is a test and a tool. So once you become the master and realize oh social media yeah is the master of others but if i can become the master of it and just be use it for what i need to use it for uh, and like i'm not saying i don't fall obviously victim to like the mi- mindless scrolling you'll fall that yeah. for that
0: too but i mean and just I'm checking also, it checking it like however many like 100 times per day that like, yeah i'm also smart enough to know
1: that it's a drug but i'm also disciplined enough to not touch it you yeah. know, it's like I haven't looked at it or I would bothered it like during while we talk. I don't Right, exactly. When I go out, usually. Which, in, is, which is fucking awesome, by the when, way. I when, when I go ride, I usually, you know, like unless I have to post something. But if I'm with a friend, I usually, that's the issue is I'll usually never get my phone out and post. And it will be a killer kick-ass ride where I could have got tons of great photos, tons of great content. But I don't care about that. I was like, I, I got it in my bank. I got it in my social media and my mental. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm just, again, smart enough. Like, I can just give the world taste of what I my life is like. That's cool with me. And honestly, I'm just, like I said, trying to use it to sell my art, to then build my art, to then build that. Where once I would build that, and like I'm also smart enough to know, like, if social media were to go away way or any of that, it's not going to affect the value of my artwork. That that's all on me putting in the hours and scale and time in yeah, on the but painting. It, but it takes. But it limits your it limits Your market, though. Oh, it 100% limits your market. But just like anything
0: in life, and I learned from last year. Why wouldn't you want a bigger? Well, there's. I guess there's probably some good reasons to not want a bigger market. But but like with in, everything. In the sense, in the sense of if you're trying to grow economically you you would need a bigger market. So like if if True North Float gets more followers then more people float. That's just like more a reality. People, more money comes <laughs> like in. That's just a weird. More more money comes in, you have to upgrade. And it's
1: like it's not a bad thing. I'm not but that's just not what I like for me I just don't care about that. Like I I I it, money just if it comes it comes. Yeah, and so like I won't go I won't go hungry, my wife won't go hungry, but I like, I'm not, you know, I just don't chase it. And the real, the realization from the last few years of not chasing it has then allowed me to create better work. And then it's sold for more. So it's just the value then has gone up. The, lot, the less I value money, the more it tries to value me. You know what I mean? It, the more it tries to like, oh, hey, but the re, the biggest realization, you know, it's like more money comes in. Then your bigger house, then this car, then these clothes, and it's like, yeah, you can try to hold back, but it's just natural. Like it's just totally natural, and I'm and not it's, against it's it. Another way of how we're kind of and domesticated then you have to put in, in be
0: is to to keep buying things. And
1: then you have to put in more work. Like I'm smart enough to know, like I control my market and how many paintings I sell. Like I could be on social media all day, every day, trying to promote it and trying to sell it and do this, but I don't because. Honestly, I only want to sell, like, a few paintings every now and then because I don't want to dilute it, and also I don't want to not have time for other things. I realize money comes when you just put more time in. So the more time you put into something, the better you get, the more... I mean, that's one way. ...skill, and the more money will come in. But it's like, for me, I don't know. it It just doesn't... It doesn't... I don't know what... And I say that, but who knows, maybe money would come in and then maybe I'll be a total like dick. (laughs) But for the moment when I feel like more money has come in and my clothes have gotten a lot less, my shoes have gotten a lot, like everything has gotten put down because that, that whole materialistic sense has just gone down in my eyes of like, because you realize, man, everyone is just Oh, I get paid here. Now I need to go spend it here. And then you spend it here and spend on this and buy this. And you realize, like, did I need that? Did I need that? And I don't know. For most of the time, we don't. Yeah, it's true. Like, I honestly spend most of my day with my daughter and then – or out of my art studio or riding my bike. So why would I need pants that cost, you know, $300 or shoes that cost this – seven? you know, like, when you're not – you know, it's all my life, you know, it's like, but it wasn't always like that. It just took time to kind of
0: see kind of what, and that, that again was just built from, meditation. yeah. You, and you get, and you get probably most of your uh, gear for, from sponsors and shit, right? Like your bikes. Yeah. And that, that's the
1: best. That was the thing as well as you realize you're getting, you know, all this gear as well from sponsors. And, but I would also straight up tell them like, Send me less product. You know, I don't need five of one thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I need one of one thing right now. If it breaks, I'll ask for another one. Right, right. Like, what I need, what I want and desire is creativity and space to be creative. Right, right. Because the moment you start giving them money and that money rules you, Mm -hmm. then they can be like, oh, they'll do this for this or that. that. When it's like, or, (laughs) oh, mate, he doesn't want more product? Oh wait, he doesn't want more cash. Let's pay him more. <laughs> What's going on? And that's what happened like last year as well. It was like I asked more for creative space. I asked more for you know my own outlet to be more free. Yeah, yeah. With that, all of a sudden, bigger contracts, more you know. Then they're they're like, oh, let's pay you more because it worked throughout the last
0: year. So so here's a weird idea I just came up with. Uh, because of you, actually, you came up with it <laughs> primarily. we just describing that to me. But so, what if I just sponsored you to uh, to recover and to train and to whatever with True North Float meditate? I mean, that would sign me up because it's something I like. Every
1: that's so when I stepped away from professional racing and pursued gravel mountain bike and my own like uh, uh, sponsored rider, so an individual rider rather than with a team. When I did that. I did I made sure not to like all right I'm not gonna sell out to anyone. So I'm not gonna accept the check, you know, it's like, oh here, will you ride this product? Even though it's terrible, but they'll pay you ten thousand dollars. I would say no, because I wanted to make sure I was finally doing what I wanted to do. So I wasn't gonna compromise that with a check because I knew a dream and like a vision is worth way more than a paycheck. Because it was crazy when I made it Imaginary Collective. I had so many of these offers from all these different companies. But just realizing they wouldn't get it. They wouldn't really see what I was trying to do. So me signing away to them compromises a year of my time that I could have been actually pursuing my dream. Maybe I, And yeah, maybe they would have paid me. But again, what's that do for you? Yeah. Like... You didn't, you just lost a year of, again, and then at the end of the year, you're having to ask for that same thing. And honestly, once you start signing away for things for money, you're never going to actually promote it in a way that you truly should or love, because then you don't actually care about the product. And I learned that early on. Like, if I don't like the product, there's no reason for me to work with you because it's like, let's say it's a granola bar and it tastes terrible like they're paying you $10,000 to promote it, even 20, like, but you never eat it. Like, why would you do, like, you don't, you're not going to be successful. (laughs) Like they might sponsor you for one year and you might be like, oh man, I got $20,000 in that one year for eating a granola bar. Or you could start with a granola bar company that's local. Maybe can't give you that much money at the startup. Maybe can give you, you know, equity in the company or sponsor you in other ways. And you're able to grow because, and you're able to be creative with them and be like, hey, you know what? I really like blueberries or this or maple syrup with it. And you know what? Maybe that's then turns into the best seller as well. And then you're able to ask, hey, can I get a percentage off all this? And then guess what? In 10, 20 years, you're making way more rather than that first twenty, ten dollars $10,000 check, whatever, at the beginning just to sign away for something you don't love. So it's like anything I do. When I sign, I make sure it's for someone that I love, like, really love. And someone I can be open with, too, where I can call them up and have a full-on conversation about their life or family. Like, this year, with all the craziness that was going on, like, one of our big sponsors is Giro and Santa Cruz. And they had massive issues this year, you know, with fires and everything. And then they're worried about the rain you know, coming down and destroying so many of the homes because of the dry soil, and so it was crazy. Rather than sending out emails or text messages or calling them, asking like, "Hey man, where's where's my product?" Hey, where's where's the contract? Hey man, it's January, February. It's this. It's like you're messaging them about like, "Hey man, how's your, like how's your house? You good? You good? Like because you actually care about them, and then that creates lifelong partnerships where you realize like you're good like because you've made these connections with people where it's bigger than and they realize that you don't care about product because like I said once you get product you realize that's all it is is product and you realize once you get enough of it you don't need hundreds of this you know you just need one because you can only it's like I you know told my teammate last year like we can only ride one bike you know like You can only ride one bike at a time. So why have, why should you stress to a sponsor? Be like, hey, I want five bikes next year, or I want three bikes. Right, dude, you can only ride one at a time. Like, I get it if you want to do other events, but you know what I mean. Like, you can only do what you are doing in the moment. So like, if I'm sitting here with you right now, Mm -hmm. and let's say I'm have millions in my bank, Mm -hmm. and I got a Lamborghini out front, Mm -hmm. it is, it's doing. What is, I mean. It's just it's it's, it's, it, it would change the status. Well, of the and conversation. in this moment, it's doing nothing. Yeah, because exactly. It's just, because I'm it's not, just a I, car wouldn't, out I wouldn't, there.
0: I wouldn't give you status, but like out there it's status, but it's just a car, you know, it's yeah. just,
1: and when you're in here, it's just a car out there. So it's right. therefore the same as a super route, my super route right now, <laughs> except for yours lets you sleep on it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which is kind of cool.
0: <laughs> and like I said,
1: probably who knows, maybe I'll stumble upon millions and I, you'll see me driving around St. George in a Lamborghini and, You'll totally call me out, but for the moment, and like I said, I always just live in my moment because that's all I can do for right now. I think, you know, that stuff, you can only have what you have right now. So, I mean, if we're talking
0: cars, it would seem like it's leading towards something more like Tesla.
1: Oh, (laughs) oh my gosh. I would, yeah, if we're a car, yeah, I would 100%. I've been really, my wife works at uh, Cliff Rose Hotel, and she does that hour drive every day. And I've been seriously looking into getting a Tesla. And I have seen that you can get some pre-owned ones. But uh, I just think, again, that's such a smart move with just investing in the future. And I think it's... But I also realize there's other car companies doing it maybe on a smaller front. Or maybe in ways that you might not view as like, oh, a Tesla. Like, I think the Nissan Leaf is all electric as well. But when I think of it as more of like a more not as cool car as a tesla you know which totally it's not but still it still is running off you know electricity and that's all that matters so shouldn't we just be making things that
0: just go you know what i mean like it's not all that matters because like where's the electricity coming from and i have no idea well a lot of it's not i mean most of it it's just not clean really oh of course not no like what's generating the electricity well uh CO2 emissions are a byproduct of how we generate electricity and that's proving to be problematic <laughs> cuz now we have to like think about how much Over CO2, electricity like how much CO2 well think about like uh just a factor or a, a, a what's the right word um yeah like an electric electrical plant like outside of a big city yeah and it's just it's just generating it's just smokestacks i yeah. mean we're just putting CO2 into the atmosphere uh, like that's, that's just what it looks like when you drive by, like we're they're not hiding gonna... it. It's like, you can see it. You can see smokestacks and all the time,
1: man. Yeah. We're never going to win. I mean, I mean, it sounds kind of pessimistic or negative, but.
0: It takes a bigger shift than then uh than, what do you, what do you think than the just then just be? like switching to electric engines. I mean, I'm engines. all for bikes.
1: I but, ride bikes everywhere. I love bikes. But I, the cool thing
0: about no, the cool thing about Tesla is it's a step in the right direction in thinking mm-hmm. and in innovation. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's it's totally a step in the right direction of like oh, yeah, hey, we can everyone we're figuring way. this shit out. Like we're going to take on the fucking we're, we're going to like do something big, right? Yeah. But if the big thing is just to sell the most number of cars, that to me that doesn't seem like the biggest. That removes th- that be the biggest vision uh, at just, all. That, well that then like you said turns them into. So what Tesla's same. doing is they're they're innovating in energy. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. Like they're they're figuring out how to s- batteries to make to make batteries store things way more e- efficiently, efficiently. And, and like do cool do cool shit like that. That's yeah. really cool. And maybe they'll figure out like a better electricity. I mean, the dude named. His yeah. business, or the business was named, I don't think Musk named it, but the business was named originally by somebody who was obviously, it was a homage to fucking Nikolai Tesla. Yeah. And he was solving like the biggest fucking problems in the world. Yeah, <laughs> So yeah, it's like, back, that's a really cool, that's a really cool thing to take on that kind of like mindset.
1: Well, that goes back to my point. I feel like we're just distracted. Yeah, Literally, 100%. We're, everyone's it starts, so it starts dis- right
0: here. Like when I'm looking at my hand as if there's a fucking well, phone like, there. It's like, for that's, me,
1: like I said previously, we make up these problems. If we didn't have racism and if we didn't have all these issues in our world that we create, then we could then, everyone would just be focused on, on creativity. And like when I'm, and I, you only realize that when you're fully re, like creating all the time because when you're creating all the time, you have no space in your mind for petty, crazy thoughts of, or, oh, Gina said this to this, or like my wife would come home from work and say like this was last year and be like super concerned about oh man you see what happened here on twitter see what happened this 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 and i'm like what oh no i've just been painting all day it's been amazing (laughs) like you know and same thing with tesla like everyone when we put our minds to better like to actually focus on solving the problem and actually creating rather than i feel like just creating noise and that's an issue as well with social media is we've you get people that just create noise rather than, all right, we've created noise. Now, what are you
0: going to do? Not only that, now, it's harder to find the signal. It's harder to find the thing. That's not noise. It will. And it, like, to me, it was just like, you know,
1: everyone will just, you know, follow kind of the next trend and the next trend. And it's like, it's good if that trend helps someone change. But for the most part, a lot of it's noise and noise and noise. And like I said, as a creative and an artist, I just go out to my studio and, I mean, you do it best here with True North where you can be super silent and quiet and you realize once you do turn off that noise, holy cow, you can unlock so much bigger things in this world and realize all this nonsense we're worried about, politics, news, like fat, like all of it's just crazy and like there's a bigger path for us mentally, spiritually and I don't know, for me from just just doing a lot of meditation, Wim Hof, like I, there's been times when it's like I've definitely left this body and you come back and like you'll you'll feel like where where am I like I'll be like whoa where am I like this is you you I mean that DMT natural DMT kicks in and it takes you out and you realize this is not me like this is just a this is just a body I'm in right now. Like, and that's a big fear as well for people is like death and everything. And it's like, but once you realize this is, I don't go away. Like I, I'm just, something else is out there and your spirit and soul is so strong that it doesn't go away. This is just your body. Like you're just here. And like, for me that open doing that method of Wim Hof has just, when it has opened that up and you realize that, I mean, like I said, it just allows you to be a lot more comfortable realizes you're you're able to just see that, again, all these problems we create and all these like, you know, issues of like, oh man, did you see that on the news today or what this happened and it's like, no, I was too busy trying to pull the absolute best out of myself today, you know, and I'm, I'm always so busy trying to pull the best out of myself that I don't have time for the, the world, like negativity, whether that be from me training on my bike, whether that be from me meditating, creating art, giving my time to my family. Like that's always me trying to pull the absolute best out of myself. So once you realize you're doing that and if you're not doing that and you do have time to let that like others problems kind of like take control of you, then you realize you're not actually taking control of your life and you need to steer it better, you know, and you don't need to allow others to
0: like steer your ship. Yeah. That's domestication. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, we do it to animals and so that's why there's like billions of cows and chickens and oh pigs. my gosh mm-hmm. yeah billions of them um and and we do it for food so it's like really if you if you're against that you got to stop kind of eating it <laughs> well we
1: say it's for food. like we've again propaganda has said it's for food like yeah we convince yeah. ourselves it's for food yeah. like look at it like you go anywhere how hard is it to eat vegetarian or v ve- like it's super hard you go to a, a burger place, and I know it's a burger place, but you order a, like something, and it's trashy. What their their burger might be the most incredible thing ever, and then their vegetarian thing might be just complete trash. And I get it, but we've allowed our... You go to a supermarket, you go to any billboard, anything, commercials, it's meat, 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 meat. And again, that's just because it's money. Once yeah. people, again, realize you're all controlled by money, all this is about money, that's like and like again i'm like i i'm off i'm not against eating meat i'm against eating commercial like meat if you're like how do you think the native i don't think of native americans or other cultures like not every culture was vegetarian you know there's a culture in africa that's lived off that's one of the healthiest cultures in the world where our we're literally studying their poop to find their to understand their dna and they uh uh a, a rain, uh chimpanzees mm-hmm. and they what they what they ate chimpanzees no they eat chim- so they every day these these African tribe hunt and run so they run about like 27 miles probably about every day and they're hunting other. they're primates. hunting this primate and they're the, supposedly the healthiest at, like you know what I mean and like or you look at any other culture like I'm a bit you know if you you know where to go and hunt an elk and shoot it with your bow. And that was what your family ate for the whole, like, it fed you for however long, you know, the whole year or two. Like, you know, like, I believe that animal is up there. Like, you went out into the wilderness, hunted that animal, and that animal is going to be a lot healthier than eating. You know, that animal had strength, spirit, you know, and that's, I feel like a lot of the Native Americans believe where now we've just, again, just like me and you kind of were saying, we take things and we always overdo it. Yeah. whether and that's a human nature thing we always oh if one's good I'll take two. Oh if meat's good let's build farms and create cows and chickens and stuff them with proteins and hormones. It's like no. Like we we actually should be eating a more vegetarian diet or eat whatever diet you want. But for me like, you know, if you were I I just believe like so which one it, is it? Like eat more vegetarian or eat whatever you want? Well, I mean, obviously nobody's going to listen to me, but I'm eating more vegetarian. That's my,
0: that's what me and my wife do. We. So is it because you don't like meat or is it because you want to be more sustainable? It's because I want to be,
1: I, I don't agree with any of that. Like,
0: or you don't want to like take or,
1: or, or I just feel like that's, that's suffering. That's, of that's suffering beings. of animals. Yeah. Right. Right. I feel like you went out and hunt, hunted this animal, and, like, you were out there. Again, like, I don't believe in, like, some people will say hunting, like, oh, I drove up my truck and, sh- you know, shot it. It's like, no, man, like, that's just, I, I, there's different, you know, there's different ways, I feel like, and, uh, you know, like, where they, where we've just taken it, again, like, we take things, like, you know, Mother Earth or whatever, whoever you believe, maybe, yeah, they put animals here so you could, have every now and then, you know, but then we take it and are like, oh, if we can have it every now and then, why wouldn't we completely blow it up and make it an addiction to everyone, and then make meat where?
0: Well, it's- I, I actually kind of disagree with that, with that point. In a way, in a way, I think that we evolved with originally we evolved in in, in niche, niches where we were apex predators. really just what it was like we were just apex predators of a niche just like a tiger is Mm -hmm. and we were just hunting whatever we i mean this is why these africans hunter-gatherers are eating chimps yeah because that's just what's around right like that's just what they evolved to hunt yeah it's a weird thing like when you think about eating a chimp because like if you're talking about the natives of the uh americas like it seems like chimps are or or primates rather not chimps because they're not there but like primates are like the monkey is like this fucking wisdom person. He's like yeah. the guy that's like, he's like, he's more of like the Exactly like, I Hey, mean, the storm's coming and he calls out to the jungle and lets him know
1: each culture is their own. And again, that's why I say like, I do what I do. Like I eat more of ve- veg, I eat more vegetarian diet. And if someone is sitting next to me eating a giant like steak, I'm going to be like talking and having a good time with that guy. Like if someone's next to me eating a hummus dip, we to be having a great time with that person. Like that's what I'm just kind of, I guess, trying to say is like, honestly, like, like just follow what your path. And I mean your 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 business is the best name for it. It's True north. So follow your truest north. If that if that in your opinion in your heart is eating a steak every day, then do it. Who am I to? tell you that's not true because if someone were to come up to me and tell me what i'm doing is not true that's not right of them i'm an adult and honestly we also live in america like we have to respect that that's what also makes our country beautiful is so
0: so what if somebody's not true though like so what if there is in fact a dilemma in truth And this person or I mean that's even then even then truth just let's say just say we'll call facts. We'll call it facts. We'll say things like facts that we can kind of agree on. Like the earth is round. Oh totally. Like the earth is round, right? Mm -hmm. And and if we don't hang on to that one, I think we're gonna kinda deteriorate away down into something ugly. So it's like we're gonna hang on to that one. If someone
1: wants to believe that it's flat and you can dude, you can waste as much energy as you want trying to convince this person it's round and honestly like i think it's just funny cuz it's like I, you, I, I don't you even know, know it's round i don't even know if, so if you know it's round why are you trying to waste your time trying
0: to convince this person that you know that is a fact but the thing is is it could that be, it's it could easily just be a, a, an awesome uh, opportunity for growth and but if learning. they're not willing to listen
1: so if you're willing to if you have a conversation and this person's like yo man i think the world is flat and i'm like hmm that's interesting. I know. I think the world is round and I'll show them my facts, show them this, I'll see what they have to say and then they'll be like, all right, well, that's crazy that you think that, but hey, that's you, man. That you. And he thinks it's crazy that I think that, you know, and if, let's say though, maybe he were to, like you said, like maybe he's actually gives me enough information. I think it's flat yeah. or maybe I do. What again, you say is fact and I, and I convince him of mine. Well, okay. But either way, again, if you know what you know and your truth is your true north, yeah. You you just start realizing why should
0: I start like you can educate people? That's what so that's what I'm saying. But like, you do this seems like an opportunity for for evolution to occur. Like for two sides to come together in like a dialectic to find some common truth. Other than one being right and one being wrong.
1: Oh, totally. And
0: I'm not saying I'm not saying that the because flat earthers no... have something to say here about the earth being flat and not round. What I'm saying is that go look into what is like go and go in search of like one, exploring, like figuring a, out what the fuck is, is going stone. on in your reality. Just figuring out what the fuck is going on.
1: Well, and like I said, I mean, it's your reality. If you want to live in this reality where you believe the world is flat. If I want to live, you know what I mean? Like, if you want to live there, if, I I mean, unless it starts becoming harm to others, then, yeah, that then becomes an issue. But if you're a super, if you're, nothing's happening and you're just chill. And like I said, one of my favorite things was my father-in-law. He showed me this photo and it was this photo and I saw the photo and it looked to me like the picture was pink. But to other people, they could see blue. And it just straight, it just shows you that you're looking at the same image on this photo, but both your minds are seeing it differently. That straight shows you, si- like, yeah. our brains do not see the world the
0: same. Of course not. So, like because I said, we can- it's, not, it's not just the brains that are seeing the world. It's not just about even talking about getting the same sense data. Because even if you could go out on the limb and say that, like, even then, we're all, we have something else on the inside. Your genes, your mm-hmm. tendencies, your proclivities, like, all of the things that are what you creates your ego or my ego or like mm. how we interact with the world. That is like a little niche in and of itself. It's like, look at how everybody's life goes down a totally different path. Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, I, and I don't know. I just sometimes, and in I, other ways, it's, it's like best, very, in the, other ways, it's very, very much the same. Like yeah. look at, look at like people who go into a, a, a stadium. Mm-hmm. We're all in the, we're all in the same pocket mm-hmm. of, of energy, where all we can all scream like fans, like crazy all... people about what's happening on the field or whatever, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's sweet. Where, I mean, that shows again how cool sport is and everything. Where you can bring even people who are super different together, you know, to celebrate one thing. And uh, I think again, that just shows. Like, I mean, like I said, we don't always have to see it, but we can all come to like just love. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And so when what happens when you realize that like something like uh we'll call it Mormonism gives you a a dilemma of domestication. So it's like you have you have like I was talking about earlier, humans domesticating animals, right? Like that's happening. But we're also domesticating each other. So like humans domesticate mm-hmm. other human beings. Oh and yeah, all we, the time. We learn to to self domesticate, so at a pretty early age uh in our lives, we don't even have to be told what to do. We'll just do it. Yeah, I mean, but everyone's always, you know,
1: everyone's trying to everyone's domesticated by something or at one point. Yeah. And I mean, of course tell you, just your until you finally, like until you finally, finally find, like I said, your true north and you're willing to step away from what the world has said is value. Like if you're willing to do that, like I've done that, I've stepped away from what the world said was value. Yeah. Like I took the risk of not getting, making any money. Like, people don't know about that. People don't know that I went months and months and months and months mm-hmm. with no money while I was creating and busy focusing. But I realized I was willing to take that risk. Most people are willing to be domesticated and willing to sacrifice things to make that money, and I'm not. Right. I'm chill with being myself and doing what I want to do because I realize in the end that will bring... Whatever you know, I don't know. I'm already happy,
0: so I don't even know what it will bring. So like, I don't That's even. That's the beauty care. of it. That's the beauty of it. It's like you, you can prepare for something.
1: I mean, yeah, right? people it, search for like, oh, I can't wait till I make a million dollars of this, or I can't wait till I do this. I'll be so happy. I'll do this, and it's like you're not happy now. Yeah, that I'm, sucks. I'm stoked right now, like, and I'm sitting in flip flops and driving a Subaru. Like, I'm stoked. So it's like yeah it's it's just i don't know like for me i i whatever comes next is just everything every day is just a bonus like literally i think we always overcomplicated it like we always think we're gonna wake up tomorrow which is just so silly of us like i might not wake up tomorrow like i and people think that all the time like i've i've thought about that my uh, my whole life is like i just appreciate now because you might not wake up tomorrow Like, I would wake up every day and, you know, I would pray and thank God that, like, oh, wow, thank you for my breath and thank you for the beat of my heart. And, like, I think we just think that tomorrow we're going to wake up or our loved one is going to wake up or our loved one will drive home safe. And it's like, oh, well, I'll say I love them then. And it's like, Mm. you know, think about what you're doing now. Like that's not what happens doesn't even exist yet. So it doesn't exist. And we don't think about that. We think it's going to exist. We think like, I'm going to do this. I'll make this money. I'll do this. No, think about what you're doing now. That will bring you happiness. And once you have that, everything else is just bonus. Like, Oh, someone you're, if you're already happy and someone's sending you free stuff, you're already happy. So it's like, Oh, cool. Thanks. Like you're, but you're, I've already found what makes you happy. just, riding your bike and painting and
0: being with my wife, so mm-hmm. but yeah, so I had a I had I thought like when you were halfway through that monologue and I was trying to hold on to it and it's like slipping away. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I can even remember it now. Uh but maybe it'll come to me in a second. But like the the idea of us uh getting away from the golden shackles, mm-hmm. right? The domestication of money. Um, that's giving you back like your power.
1: Oh yeah. It gives anyone back their power. Yes. Because if no one, ca- I mean, and it's not me just saying this, I've literally turned down tons of contracts and tons of money. Like I didn't walk away from the sport from racing at that high level because I couldn't get another contract with another team. It's cause I wanted to do my, and be in control of my life. And like that happened because when I was on a team, They lost a sponsor when I had a two-year deal with, you know, this amount of money. And then that amount of money got cut in half because the team didn't have that money. That wasn't my fault. So then it was like, well, why would I let someone else, you know, control my destiny? Like I performed, I raced. Why would then was my paycheck cut in half? And that's because I didn't take control. I allowed someone else to talk to the sponsors. I allowed someone else to do... When I knew I could do. And then once I knew I could do that, again, like I realized, like I'm, and I, people will say, like, or probably think when they're listening to this, like, I have a lot of money. It's like, no, like I just make the amount of money that I make, like, you know, and just do what I do. Like, I'm not sign. It's not like I have one big contract behind me that's like, oh, he can ride that and talk all this talk or it's not like, Oh, he made millions during his racing career. No, I didn't make any money basically during my racing career. No pros really make any money racing bikes like road bikes. And, uh, now you can with social media, but like, you know, that's, what's funny is like people could, you know, uh, if you were had all this money behind you and you could kind of not hide, but well, kind of hide it behind it and be like, I'm, I have this kind of safety net always, you know. Whereas, like, for me, I didn't have anything, and it's kind of funny. You hear a lot in a lot of successful stories, or a lot of people who made it, or they, everyone who did started usually with nothing, you know, or didn't get a paycheck, or didn't get any money, or wasn't getting paid this. And then once you do get paid, then everyone thinks, "Oh wow, how did he do that?" And it's like, dude. You, you didn't see me down here when I was laying these bricks, these tiny bricks that built me up all the way up here. You know, it's like, it's funny, there were contracts when I was a junior, you know, companies, you know, uh, I would to be I, I got let go off of. And then when I all of a sudden did my own thing and started my own program, all of a sudden, they're coming back and offering me money. So again, it was like, once you've realize that money is the, the shackle. Like you said, that holds us all down because once you settle for like, Oh man, I want to sell money. I want to sell a painting for 500 and you do it. You're like, all right, well I want to sell a painting for a thousand. All right, you do it. And then you're like, okay, well like
0: it's, you just realize that it's just money. Well, like, Well, what about, uh, painting something to sell it in general, like painting something for it to be for sale? No, I mean, I mean, like just the idea of selling a painting in general, like, even, oh no, that's like, we're talking about, we're talking about the very outside edge of what you're saying with money. Like the, the boundary of it is, is engaging in the, in economy of, of, of selling things for money. Well, and, that's why you'll always see the uniqueness to my work. It's never a
1: scripted pattern. It's never, oh, he does this style. Oh, he follows this. Oh, he does a uh, landscape. Oh, he does portraits. Oh, he does pop. Oh, he does cubism. Oh, he does abstract. uh, Oh, he only paints canvas. It's like, no, literally your whole world is art. You can create whatever you want with it. You should express whatever you want with it. And like I said, like I've never created, like when I was creating art to sell it, that doesn't sell because you're creating to sell Mm -hmm. and you're holding that. You're holding, again, like I usually don't even put enough value to my work. And we never do. And that's what you start realizing is like people aren't buying the art. Like that's stupid. Like if you think you're paying $5,000 for a piece of paper with paint on it, you're buying the artist's soul, what they put into it, if they did that. And if they did that properly, you get it and you see it and you're definitely blown away by it. And uh, like that's what I always just try, try to channel is going into a space myself like someone will hire me for a pay- painting but i never let them tell me what to do then i'm like if they like oh i want these colors this this like no 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 like oh i want this style this style it's like no 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 like that you want that then you can go do that you didn't come to me to tell me what to do you came to me because to, you liked my skills and what i do so let me do what i do and let me go somewhere sp-
0: more special yeah 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 i totally i totally uh i get that for sure and that's something that actually uh i had to pull my reel myself in on with the mural like i'm so glad Mm -hmm. i did Mm -hmm. but like i i had this uh idea for it or kind of like like just a rough idea yeah that involved like some geometry and like Mm -hmm. the center and stuff and we like i had sent these i had talked to my my sister ann who's the artist yeah like i talked to her about it and we kind of like had a plan i guess yeah and then and then uh like a few like a week or two before i went to idaho and i met this artist um and she's from she's from vegas so she's yeah an incredible artist. uh i think her instagram is uh sonar mm-hmm. s-o-k or s-o-g-n-a-r i think yeah um Fucking check it out. Like (laughs) her art is insane. It's like she does these incredible like geometric murals, like sacred geometry murals, like huge like murals. That sounds awesome. And and, uh, a bunch of cool shit. Like she actually did geometry with woodworking, too, where she worked with a a shop with a CNC router. And they like did like 3D geometric like wood sculpture, like like just epic shit. Yeah. Anyways, so, so checking her or like meeting her and meeting her and and talking to her, made me realize like her, how an art process works a little bit. And I was like, Oh fuck, I need to get rid of that plan immediately. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when I got back, I I talked to Ann and I was like, yeah, forget everything I said and just do you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: That's, I mean, you want that because if you, the way you think you want it, you don't actually want it because it won't turn out like, it's just like life. You think you want it one way. And if it would actually turn out that way, it would be, it's pretty terrible life, honestly. Like, cause you would totally undercut yourself or undersell yourself. I I don't know, but people will argue, but man, I probably should jet. It's probably getting pretty late actually here, man. I don't know. I just see the sun like is getting disappearing. I probably should get home for dinner with the fam. Uh, Plus I actually got to
0: use the restroom. Oh yeah. It's it's a, it's a a good time. But like before we wrap it real quick. Yeah. Um, Art from the void. Yeah. So it's this, uh, it's this uh, thing we're doing uh, for artists. So any artist who wants to get inspired, just come in and, and float three times. Like that's it's, that's the deal. You get three free floats, and then we'll uh, welcome you to display your whatever art you create at our launch party, which we're doing on April tenth. Dang.
1: Yeah. I mean, come on in. It's it's crazy. Like I said, I thought he was joking with how good it was. Like. Super beneficial to art racing, just help clear your mind and space, and do what you want to do. So
0: yeah, I appreciate the love, man. Yeah, It's totally, Super dude. fun I'm, coming I'm glad, in here. I'm super glad you made it in, and man, man I'm glad we smoked that. We, joint yeah, we,
1: <laughs> we could have chilled and talked all night, man. That's why I was like, oh, I should probably jet. I don't want.
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of things on, like loose ends on that conversation. I wanted to go a lot on. Yeah, different places. man.
1: Well, another time, at episode two, dude. For sure. <laughs> all uh, right, I cool. appreciate
0: the love. Yeah. Have a good one. Oh. Yes,